We've been spending this month of February in the book of Jonah, four chapters in Jonah and four weeks in February. So today, our second scripture reading comes from Jonah, chapter 4, and I'm going to back up and also read the last verse of chapter 3. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade to his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush, so it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah, so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, Yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals? This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today we come to the conclusion of what we know about who we've been calling the pouty prophet. In chapter 1, we read about God interrupting Jonah's life for a greater purpose. Disobedient, Jonah tried to run from God, but God chased Jonah down. Because to obey God means to disobey ourselves. And there is no escaping God's loving call on our lives to be God's children. In chapter 2, Jonah offered up a prayer to God. Help. Thanks. Wow. We saw how God can deliver us from our mess in ways that are also messy. But when we pray, God delivers. Last week, we heard about the repentance of Nineveh and how we ought to hold on to the possibility salvation can be received in unlikely places. There is goodness in the world and more possible. Now, finally, after all the drama, Jonah has done his duty warned Nineveh of their destruction in as few words as possible, 
and now he settles down outside the city, hoping he will still get to watch God's wrath smite these long-standing enemies of God's people. Just like he thought he could run away from God, he thinks the Ninevites will quickly go back to their evil ways, earn their punishment, and he'll get a front-row seat to their destruction. But to Jonah's dismay, their destruction never comes. Jonah is shocked to discover the people of Nineveh trust God and do what God desires, even though they are not Hebrews. Throughout the book of Jonah, God's identity as creator is emphasized. The wind, the waves, the big fish, now the plant and the worm. All are at the command of the Lord, and they fulfill God's purpose. But is that ultimate purpose to destroy or to save? Jonah suspects God's saving mercy all along. He begrudges God's freedom to show mercy to whomever God chooses, to these hated Ninevites along with Jonah. Jonah explains to God he ran away back in chapter 1 because he knew God would be merciful. You can picture him pouting, moping, grumbling at God's forgiveness. Oh, I knew this would happen. That's why I didn't want to do it. Jonah was angry. He lost his temper. He yells at God. I knew you were sheer grace and mercy, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, ready at the drop of a hat to turn your plans of punishment into forgiveness. So, God, if you won't kill them, kill me. I'm better off dead. And God asks Jonah, what do you have to be angry about? But Jonah just leaves, walks away. Jonah prefers death to living in a world with no sense of justice as he understands it. Maybe there is no justice here as we understand it. God is indeed concerned about injustice. But in the mystery of God's ways, God's divine compassion and sovereignty overrule the requirements of divine justice. God longs for all who stray not to be destroyed, but to be transformed. When God saw what the Ninevites had done, that they had turned from their evil ways, God repented of the punishment that God had planned to do to them. We might hear of the God of the Old Testament being one of vengeance and wrath, while the God of the New Testament is one of mercy and compassion. And that is simply not true. We see God's justice throughout both. We see God's mercy throughout both. In Genesis, we read about the God of Abraham, whose love endures through generations. In 1 Samuel, we read about the God of David, who gives a shepherd boy the courage to face a giant. In Luke, we read about the God of Mary, whose favor rests upon the lowly. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus was drawing on the law and the prophets when he taught about loving God and loving neighbor. 
God is more complex than we can comprehend, but God is the same throughout Scripture. In fact, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We can still trust that God will keep God's covenant promises. We can trust that God still does the impossible. We can trust that God hears us, God answers us, God provides, God moves in power and heals and saves. All those things God was doing thousands of years ago, God does throughout Scripture and even now. Because God is God always. God is always capable of everything. Jonah is not a story about a big fish, but bigotry. A grown man who throws a tantrum and tells God he would rather die than see the people he hates receive mercy. He would rather die than see the Ninevites through God's eyes. In the 2007 novel and 2017 movie, The Shack, the main character, Mac, wrestles with his beliefs about God after the kidnapping and murder of his daughter. He spends the duration of the book at a shack in the wilderness where he interacts with characters who represent God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. In one chapter, Mac is with another character who tasks him with judging God and all of humanity. Because in his life, Mac has taken on one of God's central roles by constantly judging the actions and motivations of others. By listing examples of those Mac would surely see as guilty, the other character points out that Mac has already taken on the role of judge, even though he claims to be unqualified even deeming those who seem most guilty as evil. Like his daughter's killer, Mac is still taking on God's role and by extension is judging God and all people. Condemning others is Mac's way of breaking away from God and claiming to have superior knowledge and power. The scene teaches Mac that attempting to judge others asserts dangerous independence from God. And it ignores that God loves all of humanity, just like Mac loves all of his children. Mac realizes it's not right for him to be the judge. In our reading this morning, Jonah is trying to be the judge. Unlike Mac, he wants that job. To the very end, Jonah thinks that he is right and God is wrong. But Jonah is not the judge. God is the judge. Jonah works hard to save his own life by building a shelter to protect himself from this blazing heat. God compares Jonah's caring for the vine with God's caring for the people and creatures of Nineveh. Just as Jonah wanted the vine to live, so God wants the people of Nineveh to live. And as the poet Robert Frost said, after Jonah... You could never trust God not to be merciful again. Because Jonah was dramatic, he was also right. God is slow to anger, quick to forgive, 
abounding in mercy and steadfast love. Because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God forgives all our sins. God has mercy on us only because of God's unfailing love and great compassion. Because of who God is, we are freed from the guilt that weighs us down, from the sin that controls us. Jonah had never in his wildest dreams imagined that the Ninevites would repent. But that's how the love of God changes lives. The prophecy that Jonah thought would only warn Nineveh of her doom was actually a word of good news and new life. Jonah claims to have expected God's mercy. He's quoting God's own words describing God's self from Exodus 34, which Alex read a moment ago. God claimed to have hesed, which can mean kindness, mercy, faithfulness, loyalty. Hesed might be a new word for some of us, H-E-S-E-D. Say it with me, hesed. Very good. Most often translated as loving kindness or steadfast love. It combines these ideas of love and loyalty and generosity. Hesed describes an act of promise-keeping loyalty that is motivated by deep personal care. It's not conditional. It's not based on our worth, but based on the character of a generous and loving God who keeps God's word. God forgives our sin because of God's great hesed. Not because we deserve forgiveness, but because forgiving is consistent with God's character. God is loyal and loving for no other reason than that's who God is. God wants us to respond with hesed in return. But even when we don't, God's said remains. All of us have sinned against God and done what is wrong in God's eyes. And we're aware of the wrong we do, the words we speak that wound, the unloving thoughts and actions that hurt others and ourselves. And we know that these things disrupt our relationship with God. They keep us from seeing God's life within ourselves. But God forgives us. God desires complete honesty from us about these things, nonetheless. We know that nothing can be hidden from God. We can lay our hearts open to God now. Lay down those things for which we need God's forgiveness. Those things from which we long to be set free. God is gracious to enter our hearts and teach us what it means to have God at the center of our lives. We need God's mercy and forgiveness. Only God can make us whole again. Only God can fill us with lasting joy. Only God can transform our weakness into strength. And God no longer looks on our past mistakes, but on the aspirations and longings of our hearts. God creates in us clean hearts, open and receptive to the Spirit. We are washed clean from bitter thoughts, from shame, guilt, envy, and anger. We're free from anxiety about the past or the future. 
We're confident in the presence of the Holy Spirit and God's gift of peace. We're cleansed in God's mercy and strengthened by God's love. God forgave the Ninevites. The city repents with an eagerness that God's people themselves often lack. Jesus even uses Nineveh as an example of repentance to the unrepentant Jews of his day. And even more important than Nineveh's repentance is God's love. God's final words to Jonah don't have any mention of repentance, just unconditional love for these people who don't know their right hand from their left. Jonah was more than happy to receive God's grace himself in the form of the big fish saving his life, but he was not willing to extend that same grace and mercy to the Ninevites. Jonah has no right to protest. In fact, the proper response would be awe and joy over God's great mercy, which extends far beyond any humanly imposed boundaries. The wideness in God's mercy is something to sing about, something to celebrate, not something to curse. Throughout her history, Israel lived in fear of vast empires like Egypt, Assyria, and Babylon. Jonah offers a true life study of the difficulty in following the command to love your enemies. While many people admire that command, few find it easy to put into practice. God's question is actually for us. Are you okay with God loving your enemies? Are you like the pouty prophet who runs in fear of God forgiving your enemies? Are you okay with God loving God's enemies? Because sometimes that's us. God puts up with the Jonah in us. The reluctance, the hypocrisy, the arrogance, the stubbornness. Scholars have debated whether Jonah should be read as history or allegory or parable. And it's a shame because so much richness is missed when the point or the question of studying this book becomes about whether the big fish happened or not. This story of Jonah is actually the good news about the depths of God's mercy. Can anyone put limits on God's mercy and forgiveness? No. We should all gladly participate in the sharing of God's mercy God wants us to reach out to other people to demonstrate love and forgiveness. Are we celebrating and modeling the generosity of God's love for all creation? God's vision for humanity is one in which Nineveh is spared. God envisions for Jonah, envisions for us, to be messengers of life, not death. When we experience the purity and power of God's loyal love shown through Jesus, it compels us to imagine how we can show Hesed back to God 
and those around us. But we show Hesed love, forgiveness, loyalty, kindness to others because God first shows it to us. Our God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and full of unfailing love. Today, receive God's forgiveness. Be assured that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has forgiven us all of our sins. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for your mercy. We give you thanks for the grace that you pour out on us. We pray that we might be more like Nineveh than Jonah. That we would not shy away from admitting our wrongs and turning another way. Above all, Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who showed us how to live. And through his life, death, and resurrection, allows for us to have a relationship with you.